Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Player 5 Podcast. My name is Rendon, and with me as always is Austin. How you doing, man? I'm cold. I'm cold and I don't like it. Yeah, that's how winter works, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> you have to face the facts of reality. Sorry. <laughs> um, what? We, we talk about video games. You want to talk about reality? What? Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um... But yeah, uh, welcome to another episode. Um, we are back. We have a few interesting topics this week. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, there's some, you know, Sonic stuff going on. A little bit of Kojima. You know, I think Kojima's kind of mad right now. But uh, before we get into that, we have some quick mentions. Um, actually, before we get into the quick mentions, I want to remind everybody that we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music. Uh, obviously if you're listening to this on any of those, um, you know, just if your friends are interested and they're like, Oh, I don't use Spotify and just tell them, Oh, well you, you, if you have an iPhone, you can use Apple, you know, just yeah. tell people, you know, uh, you know, rate and review the show on those platforms. It really helps when we get feedback. Other people find the show that way. So, um, definitely do that. Um, Austin, how, what have you been playing this week? What, what are you doing? I know you're playing some games. I know you're a little bit busy lately, but, uh, what have you been playing? I know I'm all over the place these days. Uh, I haven't necessarily played anything too crazy. I did get my friend to start playing Horizon Zero Dawn, and they're having fun with it. It's a very challenging game for them, and I'm laughing at it because, like, now when you see like the beginning stages of it, I'm sure I struggled a lot too. But he was like, "I just, I just want to do this," so I, I like try to help him out, and then I accidentally finished the whole battle in like thirty seconds, and didn't realize I I beat the whole thing in thirty seconds. So I felt bad for that, but yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> well, you're, you're, you're used to like you're used to like Kingdom Hearts and that you know Ansem right? stuff, you know. So now all of us are like you, okay? I mean, some of us actually play games Hard we actually want to have fun and not like. <laughs> have to like pull our hair out but listen i go for the story <laughs> yeah i know i understand um yeah i have a few things this week with games uh first i you know a while back i beat borderlands 3 but i recently started a second playthrough with the siren and to be honest i think i may have picked the wrong character for my first playthrough because the siren is amazing <laughs> Really? Um, yeah, I've already started another playthrough. Uh, I know some people aren't into that that much, but the replayability of Borderlands has been insanely rewarding, and the legendary drop rates have been tweaked since I played the first time, so I got a lot more legendaries this time around, and the Siren, basically, you get to play like all up close and personal, like melee builds, so I'm like in, in people's face punching them, and nice. uh, it's, it's pretty sick, dude. Um See, I think the and, siren was the one that I I said that I would yeah, choose when we talked is. about it before the game came out. Yeah, she is, and I and I I uh, called you out and said it was just because you thought she was a waifu, but turns out she's actually I mean, probably the fun, most fun character <laughs> in the game. So, um, waifu was supposed to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. Um, also, I uh, I pre-ordered Jedi Fallen Order, so I'm psyched Ooh. about this. Yeah. So, um, actually when you're listening to this episode, uh, at home, uh, that game will be out. So PSA, if you're wanting to check out Fallen Order, it'll be out by the time you hear this episode. Um, yeah. Did it come I, out on uh, PC or are you getting it on Xbox One? I'm getting it on PC, on Steam. Ooh. Yeah, they, they were very democratizing with the platforms they chose this time. Like, they did Origin, Steam, uh, Microsoft Store, not Epic Game Store, interestingly enough. 
um, PS4 and Xbox, but they, you know, they didn't do Epic Game Store, but, um, you know, they, they were kind of like not too, you know, not too stingy this time, I guess, or didn't have any big deals, obviously. But I wanted to mention that because, you know, we've had these conversations about EA and like how they're going to screw it up this time. And we've heard that there'll be no DLC, no paid season pass, no paywalls, no microtransactions. And we've been waiting for them to be like, oh, but wait, this is a microtransaction. But I wanted to say, uh, during the pre-order, you do get a pre-order bonus. And it's like a few cosmetic things. has nothing to do with the gameplay. And even the deluxe edition of the game, if you can buy that, it's only 20 bucks more. And all it does is come with a documentary of... Um, certain ways they've like put to get the game together, like development side of things mm-hmm. and an art book. So it's nothing in game at all. So it's kind of mm-hmm. cool. It seems, it seems so far they're keeping their word. Like you buy, you put $60 in and that is what you're getting. You're not, you're not, you know, having to pay more for anything so far. So, um, it's, I mean, that, I think that's a good off the bat, right off the bat. Like feel that feels kind of good. Like I don't have to put any yeah. more than $60 in. The mouse is holding them hostage. Which, by yeah. the way, I mean, <laughs> even in our in our quick mentions, you know, one of the things that we have listed here is that Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order will not actually have any reviews out until the game actually drops due to embargo. So, you know, definitely a risky play somewhat because there's no one to tell you if they actually have held to the word fully written or not. But you seem pretty confident. I, I do. I actually have a lot of confidence in what I've seen so far. They're have been uh, more like longer reviews, the unofficial reviews, like more like hands-on stuff with uh, certain, you know, influencers that I've seen enough to see that I know I'll enjoy it. Um, and, uh, you know, the gameplay looks really fun. Um, yeah, I, I have have some confidence. And yeah, no, I, I, I knew that the reviews were being withheld, which is risky. Not on my part. I don't feel like I've taking risks is whatever i I knew i was going to get the game anyways i wanted to play it um but the you know it's risky on their part like they already don't have the fans you know trust this seems a little even more untrustworthy you know from their point of view so um i don't know if that is going to pan out for them but either way i'm obviously optimistic optimistic honestly it came from a point where i'd you know, I didn't know what game I was going to get next. And that was the only one that seemed to hold my interest for more than just like, you know, Outer Worlds looks cool, but it looks like a, I don't know, it looks almost like a Telltale Games where it's like all about talking. The gunplay doesn't look that fascinating to me, even though I may try mm-hmm. it in the future at some point. Um, Fallen Order actually looks... A lot of people, lot of people re- rave Outer Worlds so far. Yeah, I know, but it's if you listen, a lot of people that are in, interested in it, a lot of a lot of things I've heard about it. It's a lot about how the game's world is so adaptable to your character, not necessarily like how fun the actual combat is, and that's really important to me as someone who plays Borderlands. Like, I'll say the Borderlands has been the game that's like had my interest the most recently for a long time, and the um. I'll say like the campaign is not the main reason it's interesting to me. It's like the endless amount of ways I can play, you know? So, I mean, I know what I like when it comes to games and outer worlds didn't based on what I've seen, doesn't seem to be on my radar as much, I guess I would say. So, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, no, I, I, I want to get star Wars 
Jedi Fallen Order as well. I think that it is a confident choice, despite it being EA. And I don't know. It's a breath of fresh air. So definitely going to look into it. Uh, let's I'll let you know how it is. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, let's go ahead and get through some of our quick mentions. Uh, Tencent, which we've talked about quite a few times recently, Renan, especially with the uh, Blizzard issues that happen overseas. Uh, they are the Chinese company that has currently been helping Nintendo bring their consoles over to China. But they apparently want more out of this deal, Renan. They apparently want to produce games with Nintendo's IPs in the deal to bring the consoles over to China. Very high demands, I would say, Rendon. Yeah, I honestly hate this so much. Um, you know, China has recently been in the news about um, they are wanting to actually limit people's access to games. Like, you know, having like a curfew where you have to like stop playing after you've played three hours in one day. And that's only on the weekends, like weekdays, you can't even play more than like an hour or something like the Chinese government wants to be way too involved in this industry. And to be honest, it's like an industry that I think like has had freedom. And that's the reason it's been so, you know, you know, addictive to play these games. Like it's been so far addictive. Is not probably not a good word in that scenario, but mm-hmm. uh, it's such a, a amazing form of expression, like art wise, like it's, yeah. it, it doesn't need to be regulated by the Chinese government. I'm sorry. Get out of, get out of this. And so, you know, like if Nintendo, which is like one of the most beloved creative creator of games, starts letting them get involved, that would be terrible. I would hate it. And now, if they did it for specifically just for the Chinese release of games, you know, maybe. But if they start, if they start del- like trying to make Zelda a Chinese game, like a game that the Chinese government has to approve on, then I am really upset. <laughs> In breaking news. Uh- me and Renan both at Player Five have just gotten word that we're banned from China. Um, <laughs> God, just kidding. Uh, Luigi's Mansion's 3DS is apparently not a remake, Renan, but instead chronologically falls right before Luigi's Mansion 3 because Nintendo confirmed that Professor Ega went back in time to perfect his Luigi invention, which is why Luigi is featured in the Luigi's Mansion 3DS remake yeah that's seems like that's a thing that's a thing I mean, <laughs> they confirmed it, on twitter too so you know it's real well and that's cool yeah. to me though this seems like one of those scenarios where nintendo just tried to throw together the zelda timeline <laughs> this yeah. seems like they just <laughs> that's gone very well <laughs> well yeah that's what i'm saying like they aren't doing a good job because it seems like this is an afterthought. They they wanted to have Guigi in the remake of the Luigi's Mansion and in number three, so they wanted to explain it somehow, and they just threw it together. I mean, that's what I see, honestly. Yeah, that's kind of how I see it, too. XO19 <laughs> uh, is on tomorrow, which is Thursday. We're doing our rare Wednesday recording, so unfortunately we won't have much response to it until next week. Uh, however, they seem to say that it's only going to be a lot of big Game Pass news, a lot of big games coming to Game Pass. Kind of disappointing, don't you think, Renan, when you feel like you should at least have more information of Scarlet here or at least word on Halo Reach? Or xCloud at that, at that rate. I mean, yeah, if it's just going to be all Game Pass news, then I think that's very disappointing because, you know, as uh, Scarlet's coming up, but I understand if 
since the release is going to be next year that I could understand not then not releasing too too much more on it. But even like XCloud not being mentioned in this statement, it's it's kind of hard to see why they would not be going hard on XCloud when Stadia comes out so soon. And you know we're talking about that in a minute, but you know, I don't know why they're just going really hard on Game Pass. Maybe it's all they have right now. Everything else is just still down the line, you know. Still not yeah. a great uh convention if that's the case though, you know, so. Right. Now, I mean, they could come with a big surprise. It hasn't been confirmed that these things won't show up, but it seems like the way that they've talked about it is is tempering us and and getting our expectations towards the biggest news will be game past games, you know. And then everything else will kind of be, you know, mixed in with it. So yeah, but I it's guess like we'll uh, find out tomorrow. You know, it's like last year when they were when they released that statement that like basically said Diablo Four is not coming right before BlizzCon. <laughs> They're like, <Yeah>. guys, <laughs> it's not it's happening not this happen. time. They're trying to temper yeah. us. So yeah, mae that's that's what they're going with. But we'll definitely have something probably to say about it next week. Yes. And as we always talk about our console wars, is it the PS4, is it the Xbox One, or is it the Switch? Or is it the Wii? Because Just Dance 2020 sold more on the Wii than the PS4 or the Xbox One. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- that demographic loves the Wii, man. That The demographic that buy Just Dance, they... They are happy dancing with a Wemo in their hand and not having to worry about buying the new console. I mean, and I guess that's the most effective way to play the game because uh, if you have if you have the PS4 then you would need the wand and that didn't really sell all too well and that's an accessory to the PS3 or 4. Right. And then the Xbox you would have to have Connect and there's all that drama with that. So I guess, yeah. you know, we is still the best console for it. Yeah, and did it even have a Switch release? I don't believe it. Actually, I think it did. They did, yeah. Either way, the support for it on the Wii is just, I mean, I think we could say is the best based on what you said. So that's not a surprise, but at the same time, the fact that Wii is outselling anything <laughs> still is yeah. impressive. I mean, kudos to the Wii, man. I mean, that's yeah. awesome. Uh, Sakurai has some harsh words for rating systems. Apparently, in our English version of his live stream, he did not, in fact, say that uh, we didn't add this character because of all the good boys and good girls that... Uh, play Smash Bros. That was apparently Nintendo's English way of being funny about it. Apparently, he said more that he was kind of laughing and scoffing at the rating system. He clarified this in an interview recently where he said that in Japan's you know, view for rating, he was like, obviously they look for guns, but with every female character that is ever made in any game, they ask them to flip the model upside down to see if they is there a way to see panties on them or not? And he said that the Wii U version almost got delayed because they, he said like with Palutena and such, he didn't even have panties on him, but he had undergarments, but that were very appropriate, but that those were making it to the T and M ratings for Smash Bros. And that they had to redo Palutena like a lot in order to get the game. You can't even have like a black void there that's apparently too sexualized in Japan's rating system. So he went on a very long interview, very much fussing about that. And apparently he wanted to put the character he took in. I forgot her name, but 
that it was just not feasible due to the rating. It would have made the, the rating, rating of system, the game go yeah. up in Japan. So, yeah, pretty interesting stuff. Uh, he didn't seem happy about it, but we go. Uh, one thing that I forgot to add on this list that I just remembered, Sony hired uh, Guerrilla Games' uh, top guy in place of where Sean Layden and the other president uh, used to be. They kind of put him in a, in a dual role. So, and they made an announcement that Guerrilla Games will have a lot more impact on Sony games in the future, which we know Guerrilla Games uh, does Horizon Zero Dawn, and as well as helped with Death Stranding, and they don't have plenty of other games. But apparently, they Sony loves, I believe it's called the Decima engine. That's the engine that uh, Guerrilla Games uses, and wants to showcase it more on future games. So... Okay. Be prepared to see that engine a lot more in Sony exclusives, which I like. I'm about it. I love that engine. It's a great engine. It's the same one you said for Horizon Zero Dawn and Death Stranding yes. and all that. Yeah, yes. I mean, it looks incredible. I mean, that they, they would be crazy not to you know use that if they have the ability. It's like the Frostbite engine with the Battlefield games. The EA was smart to yeah. to like somehow get the rights to do that for Battlefront One and Two because it just looks so good, you know. So I, speaking uh, of I, things looking good, Rendon, yeah, what we got on the docket. Well, we got a new Sonic trailer. Um, mm. I don't know if you saw it. Well, obviously, you saw it, but um, yeah. So we yesterday, I believe it was yesterday. Yes, yesterday. Yesterday, we, or two days ago. Yeah, yeah. Recently, yeah, by the time you hear this, it won't matter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> earlier this week, we got a new look at the Sonic for the new movie that, you know, we talked about, you know, months back about how much of a negative response they had from the original trailer and how weird Sonic looked in everyone's eyes. And so they redesigned him and we first finally got the first look up at him since the new redesign. And, um, Austin, I guess definitely tell me what you think about the new design. Do you think it's actually an upgrade or, and also like, do you think you'll actually watch the movie? That's kind of what I want to ask you. I guess specifically what I'm interested in, like if you actually want to watch the movie now that you've seen it, has it changed your mind or were you ever going to watch it? Uh, meow. He looks way better. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he looks a lot better. He really does. I mean, you, I don't know if you've looked at the old trailer since seeing the new one, but it is, Drastic. It just makes you wonder yeah. how they even came up with that first design. It is horrid. I didn't even remember it was that bad until I put the side-by-side comparison. So he looks yeah. way, 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 way better. Way better. Uh, as far as if I'm interested in watching it, that's a great question because you know what? The first trailer was somehow better than this trailer. Interesting. And the first trailer showed like a very, like, you know, when it comes to video games, movies, and such like that, too quirky is an issue, right? Like, because then it takes away from, like, there being a serious point or something to like about this movie than, you know, other than it just being bad, you know? Because, like, even with Detective Pikachu, like, obviously there's a little bit of quirkiness with it, Ryan Reynolds playing uh, Pikachu, but, like, there was a serious tone to that movie. It was a darker kind of movie. There was a lot of detective work in it, such like that. And that's what the first trailer of Sonic gave the impression of. Like, they're... Well, he was a little quirky in ways, but, like, they were Definitely, showing missiles yeah. being thrown at him. There was a lot of fighting actions and whatnot. In this last trailer, they showed more of the funny side, I guess, where Sonic's playing baseball with himself, jumping out of a car in dangerous situations to go see rubber band balls and... Yeah, that was funny. Such like that. 
it made it look more quirky than serious. But at the same time, I feel like both trailers didn't do a good job of showing the mix of of both. So you have one kind of over one theme overload and one in, in another in the second one. So the trailer made me feel a little less you know, intrigued of the overall movie. With right. that said, it's still Jim Carrey. He still looked in the scenes that she showed. It's, he still looked Jim Carrey, and of course, yeah, that's a good thing. You know, um, it it looks it looked like they put a serious effort into his redesign, which makes me still believe that like y'all really care about this movie. If if y'all didn't, y'all would not put this much effort into it and made all the statements right. that y'all did. They did a really good job in response to to the critique of it. So overall, I would still say there's an 80% chance that I'll go watch this movie at some point. Maybe not when it's in theaters or when it comes out, but probably within its first year, 80% chance I'll watch this movie. The opportunity arises, I'll go watch it. But um, that's kind of where I'm standing at it. And I'm, I'm glad of the direction now. I, I like what yeah. I saw. Yeah, I, I, uh, I kind of feel the same way. I'm like overall positive response to this. You're definitely right in them showing off the quirkiness of it. Um, because if I'm being totally honest, I, when I first saw the when I first saw the first trailer, I thought it was kind of like goofy, kind of ridiculous. But as if you go, you can probably go back and listen to that when we recorded that episode. But you know, I saw Jim Carrey, and, I, and we both kind of agreed that was like Jim Carrey's going to save this movie, regardless of if we agree with whatever they're trying to do with Sonic, right? And so yeah. you're right; like it still has Jim Carrey in it. Like you know that you don't you don't hire Jim Carrey and ask him to not be Jim Carrey, so he's going to be right. doing something probably pretty awesome in it. So I am down for that, and I will be interested because of that as well. But it came off as kitty to me, like the quirkiness, you know, like the whole like playing baseball with himself and a yeah. few things like I don't want to be I don't want to like downplay what they've done. But it this trailer showing off the more fun sides of it ended up giving me a like a thing. I'm like, is this this is it? I mean, I'm, I've I've played games my whole life and I love Sonic. I mean, I don't have the huge like love for him. Like some people probably do that played the games in the past, but I kind of came away from the trailer thinking like, is this, is this movie for me? You know, like, is it, or is it just for like kids, you know, like, which is fine. I mean, it makes sense. Most people who play games now are kids or like people our age aren't as dedicated to games as probably we are. But you know, like I kind of came away with it, came away from the trailer thinking like, you know, maybe I'm not the person that they're trying to sell this to. And so I probably won't see it. I'll, I'll see it eventually. I think I'm interested enough to see it. Like you said, maybe like a year, a year uh, in the first year of it's of it coming out, but I'm definitely not going to like go to the theater and see it. Um, yeah. I think, I, go, go ahead. ahead. You go ahead. I think one of the things that is like kind of what I mentioned with detective Pikachu is like, they did it the right way, right? Pikachu's been around for 20 to almost 30 years now, right? Mewtwo's right. had to ha, has had to have been around for over 10 years now cuz he was in Melee. So Mewtwo they, was in the very first game. I mean, he was the he was the Pokémon catch at the very end, so he's been around Yeah, forever. so then he's been around for 20, 30 years then. So they did the right thing by saying, "All right, we're going to make 
this a bit more darker because the audience that's going to really care about Pikachu and Mewtwo are going to be a little bit older. Exactly. As well as you know what you're going to get with Ryan Reynolds, right? You look at his last few movies and you even know in a kid's movie, you're going to get some comedy gold that the kids ain't going to understand, right? At least for us at our age, right? We're 25 now. So I think the thing with Jim Carrey is like, you know what you're going to get in a way that you have no idea what you're going to get. Right, exactly, like, I don't know if yeah. that makes sense because Jim Carrey has been on both sides of the spectrum. There's been Ace Ventura when it's like, all right, he's going all that, and then there's been some stuff where he's been a little more kiddier in that. The cable so guy. It's like, yeah, <laughs> so it's like we don't know which we know what we're getting out of Jim Carrey, but we don't know which side of Jim Carrey we're going to get. Right, and so it makes me feel less confident in that. All right, there's going to be moments in this movie that. I'm going to get a good chuckle out of that. You know, maybe the kids won't get. And Sonic's been around for a very long time as well. And so I, I have to feel like they should have took a a more approach. Like the Detective Pikachu generation, did. Which yeah. I feel like they did in the first show. I mean, they played Gangsta Paradise for the song. Uh, you know. Right, right. There was a lot of things that pointed in the right direction in the first trailer. But there the second trailer... The trailer that pointed in the opposite direction. Exactly. But with that said, I still don't know how to gauge it. So it's kind of... I feel like it's in that middle. And maybe there's a third trailer. And I assume they will, because usually they get two or three trailers. I'm guessing they're going to put a second one because of the the blunder with the first one. And it doesn't come out till February. They're going to have to kind of, you know, keep the thing alive. Because the thing that's kept them alive so far, which was the Ugly Sonic, is not there anymore. You know, yeah. now it's kind of the praise of the new Sonic, but it's going to die down, right? It's going to be kind of fun. Right. So they're going to have to put another trailer out soon, and that will be the real gauge. But it's... Yeah. I think it's going to be a good movie, regardless. Even if it may not be for us, I think it's going to be in the realm of video game movies, probably somewhere in the top five. Not that the bar is high for that, but they are putting a lot of care in this movie. So I give them credit for that. Yeah, at least they're not doing like what maybe we see in like the Assassin's Creed movie or this isn't a video game, but what I could compare to like the DC comics, like they're not taking themselves seriously. Sonic is is going to be very lighthearted, like, you know, they they're going to be making jokes on themselves the whole time. Like, so I yeah, I think that they'll they'll do a good job like a, a, a pretty good job i just don't know if it's for me and that's basically because of what i said like with the kiddiness but you know um they're, they're probably somewhere in the middle ground there but um yeah. the fi- i guess the final thing i'll say on this is that i did appreciate some of the stuff like the iconography that they had where you could see on his planet which i didn't know he was an alien but uh i think this is a discussion for another time <laughs> um he said on his planet they uh you know like it showed pictures of the planet and he was like doing the, like the loops, which are from the game, which I appreciated them showing that off. And some of like the more magic that the rings have, like he threw the ring and like, and it became like a portal. So I don't know. I I, I appreciated that for sure. See, that was um, actually my final take was I thought his world looked beautiful. Like they did a great job. It's almost like we could live in that. That would be better. Yeah. But I did like how they kind of gave backstory where it's like he left because people were trying to kill him for his power and so i wonder if they expand on that a little more because i would like to know a little more of that because 
I, I'm not in tune with the lore of Sonic, and that's just because when you kind of play through Sonic games, it's kind of all over the place. Yeah. So I don't think anyone I, is. If anyone's put it together, like it's it's got to be like definitely a lot of assumptions made because I don't think anything is solid from just playing the games. Like as far as lore goes. Yeah. So like, why I is Doctor like Robotnik to... capturing animals and you're saving him at the end of every level? It's like. Not really sure why, <laughs> you know. It's it's pretty good. Yeah. But all right, so generally positive. Yeah, definitely. AMD proclaimed this year that in 2020, Renan, they will launch their lineup, which will be Nvidia's killers, as they like to call it. Nvidia's apparently preparing for a response to what is assumed to be the RTX 3080, in which we can assume the 3080 Ti shortly after. Rindim, do you think AMD will hold to the word and have a good cut-in by next year? Or do you think that it's going to take a little bit more time for them? I think they have a very good chance. I think that them getting a cut of NVIDIA's, um, you know, market share with GPUs is very likely. Um, so AMD has been, I've been kind of praising them lately, just in like personal conversations with other people that are into tech and, you know, they are being super aggressive with their pricing in both markets, both in the GPU and the processor market. And they're going after the big dogs, man. They, they got the they got the cojones, man. I gotta say, like they're going after Intel with their processor, like you know, releasing a consumer, you know, consumer grade twelve core processors, like, and that's like unheard of, and at price points that are drastically killing Intel. And so, I mean, them coming after Nvidia the same way definitely seems like a possibility. Um, I know this past year they released the AMD 5700X or 5700 and 5700 XT, which mm. they both have given solid performance on the 1080p side and on for the XT on the 1440p side. So, um, you know, the fact that they have a, a card that is possible, like, you know, it can produce the frame rates that we need to play at those resolutions at a price point that is very comparable to, to NVIDIA's price point. And NVIDIA is doing this thing where they're just releasing a bunch of cards just like at random, like they released a 16, like I'm just going to, I'm just going to go through the list of cards at like the 1080p range and tell me how, how confusing it sounds. So they have a 1650, 1650 super, 1660, 1660 Super, 1660 Ti, 2060, 2060 Super, 2070, and 2070 Super. I don't know what they're doing, dude. <laughs> they <laughs> they are confusing their own their own fan base at this point, you know. And 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 AMD, you know, forcing their hand is all that. I I just love that. I mean, I, I know you don't spend as much time with tech and all. And I know you recently got a GPU, but you know, if I, if I, if you would have wanted to upgrade, you know, more recently than, than like a, you know, a few months back, whenever you actually did, I would have actually considered telling you to get an AMD card because they really have been impressing me lately. 
with some of their um, moves that they're making. So there's not a there's not an Nvidia 358 over two days super. Not unfortunately. I mean, I'm sure if they could make it, they would. And okay. you could you'd probably get Kingdom Hearts three on with it whenever you bought it. You know. Yes. Because uh, <laughs> I mean that just that just tracks there. You know. <laughs> um, Watch Roxas in HD. Ask who he'll have ice cream with as Gion dies. That was and let the worst. The tears flow. <laughs> the the hardest yet most corniest death of all of Kingdom Hearts. Of course, Square Enix is going to do that. Yeah. Well, you're right. I'm not the tech guy as much as you are. So, which is why I I wanted to throw the question up to you and and hear what you had to say. But I have not been unaware of the rise that AMD has had because the Ryzen. <laughs> Sorry. Ooh. <laughs> the Ryzen's their line of <laughs> processors. Everybody everybody makes that joke like rise the Ryzen Ryzen up, you know. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. God. Glad glad <laughs> I threw that one up to you and you and you rise to the occasion. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think when I think we talked about both the specs for the PS5 and Scarlet, and if I'm right, both had AMD. Yep. Totally. Them. Yeah. And they- and more powerful machines are starting to show AMD with them. So even though I may not fully understand all the specs, all the you know in-depth things that you may know, just as a regular person, I'm seeing AMD pop up everywhere, which tells me you they have a lot more respect their way. Because I remember years ago when I was buying a laptop, and of course you were the person I'm talking to on the phone walking through Best Buy, you know, I'm like, oh, these laptops here, they're saying they have these new AMD processors and such, and they're saying they're really good, and you're like, nah, keep keep moving, don't, not AMD, yep, you're like, don't do they're it. great for one thing, which is gaming, but past gaming, they don't really do you anything, and, you know, I know you as someone, you know, you're not critical of this stuff, but you're very, you're very straightforward with it, and so, I know you have a little bit of hate towards NVIDIA, and you want to see more competition in the market, but I think for you to, you know, you've always been real that NVIDIA has rightfully had their place where they are. And so for you to be Definitely. excited and to hear, you know, to talk about AMD doing what they're doing and just for me seeing the proof in the pudding of Sony, Microsoft and others using it, it tells me that like, yeah, they they have a, a shot to get, you know, a, get a cut in. Will they do it as soon as next year? Will they be as big as a cut as they're saying? I don't know if they will have that kind of power. I think business doesn't necessarily work that way. It does sometimes where sometimes the tables just turn in a blink of an eye. But yeah. I think it's NVIDIA, very seldom. I think where AMD isn't necessarily doing anything brand new. They are they are parring up with NVIDIA. And then I think they will once they come to a true par with NVIDIA, I think that's when they can do something to really turn the tables. As of right now, I still think NVIDIA has the edge. And I can't sit there and say that they will have an NVIDIA killer until you have something that can actually beat out the best of NVIDIA. Because I still think AMD really matches well with them in their mid-range products. I still think NVIDIA has the top. They definitely have the top end. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) at at this point, AMD's highest performing card is, you know on par with like Nvidia. okay an AMD's highest performing card is like uh usable at 1440p frame rate whereas Nvidia has cards that are 
not only usable at 1440p, they're like extremely good at 1440p and even possible of 4K gaming, which is extremely hard to push. Like 4K 60fps is like so hard to push and they have certain cars that can do it. Obviously not always above 60fps, but in that range. AMD has nothing like that. They are in the 1440p range and that's their sweet spot. So you're very right in that like AMD is not necessarily at a com- they're not competitive in a way of like being the best but they're forcing the hand which is nothing but amazing for people like us who are just they we benefit from the competition you know they're they're forcing the hand of Nvidia to in- in- innovate you know like we saw with when Intel you know they they thought they had four cores you know four cores eight threads for years and years and years on their processor and then bam AMD Ryzen Gen 1 comes out and the next gen the next gen Intel's we get two more cores on the high end. And so it's like you know they're forcing that innovation on that side and now they're forcing innovation on Nvidia's side because Nvidia and Intel had the market for so long that you know you kind of saw those four core Intel processors with increment upgrades for so many years and Nvidia's you know uh Pascal architecture going for literally 4 years the GTX 10 series was the basically the go-to series for like three to four years. Whereas we just talked about in your intro that they're thinking about releasing an RTX 3080 next year, which is like brand new news because the 2080s came out last year. So, you know, we're looking at them having to go into a new architecture. It's from the Turing architecture to the Ampere tar- architecture. That's a big jump in a very short amount of time. And it's AMD's fault. But in a good way, like AMD forced yeah. the hand. So seeing that is impressive from AMD. Like they, like I said, they had the cojones to go after the big guys and they're actually turning profit now. They're actually doing extremely well in the, in both the CPU and GPU market. So I don't know. I love it. Um, I got to say, especially when you consider other things, like whenever you're, whenever you're kind of thinking about putting together a, a PC build, you have to consider what platform you go with. So like if you go want to go AMD, you know, you, you got to think about the monitors that work well with the AMD monitor and they have this really, you know, price to performance option. So like you can get a monitor with the free sync, free sync technology built into it that helps like adaptive frame rates basically to where, you know, your refresh rate looks a little bit better whenever you're playing and a free sync monitor, you know, it only puts on the, puts like a maybe 50 bucks on the price of a monitor, a regular price of a monitor. Whereas the G-Sync, which is Nvidia's version of that, puts on like a $200 price tag on it. So, you know, you're looking at, if you buy an AMD card, you know, you may not be having the best option, but you can buy a monitor for cheaper that benefits from that AMD card. That Nvidia's, you know, you're buying in high and then you're going even higher for your monitor. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta consider, like, they're not only price to performance at the car level. They're also like the peripherals, the things that go with the PC, the platform, they make it beneficial worth your while to save a buck and get performance. That's pretty much on par. So I don't know. I'm very impressed with them. And I think that RTX 3080 would be really cool to see because it is a high end and you know, whatever they're releasing NVIDIA killers wise, like that's where I'm really interested, you know? Right. Yeah. I'll be, Excited to see what AMD drops in 2020, the line that they have, because they're hyping it up, you know. But uh, still, hearing NVIDIA with the 3080 is, is still, you know, some serious business. So 
It'll be interesting. It'll be great to see the comparisons next year. Also, like you said, they have PS4 and Xbox One in their pocket. You know, they're making they're making the chips for them for the foreseeable future. So, I mean, they're definitely a player. They, you know, they may play like the the underdog, but you know, they're really getting up there. And I think that to the point where like we're going to be seeing some like competitive pricing, which is amazing for people like me that spend way too much money on technology. <laughs> So, Austin, Death Stranding, you know, we kind of been talking about the reviews they've been getting. Um, mm-hmm. They're they're mixed, for sure. Well, uh, Kojima seems to kind of have a chip on his shoulder a little bit. He's blaming U.S. fans for the harsh reviews, saying maybe this is a game that is difficult to understand for a certain type of critic or audience. Americans are big on fans of FPS, and Death Stranding is not. It is flying higher. So, kind of a high horse um, position to take, if I'm being honest. Uh, but mm-hmm. he goes on to say other audi- audiences have better artistic sensibilities. Austin, what do you think? Do you think this game should be reviewed the way it's been being reviewed? And um, do you think Kojima is a little salty, or do you think Kojima is like rightfully feels like he has been vindicated in this? I would like to list to you, Rendon. The top 10 rated games in the U.S. of A on Metacritic for 2019. Okay? We're just going to go through the top 10. And I would like you to tell me if they are a first-person shooter or not. So, number one, Divinity Original Sin 2 Definitive Edition on Switch. I don't know RPG. if you know. If it's it a party RPG. Okay, so not not a first-person shooter. Okay, so we're down one. Yeah, okay. Uh, Resident Evil 2, the remake on Xbox One, first-person shooter or not? Uh, No, it's RPG, but you do use guns, but it's RPG. (laughs) Yes, it's not a first-person shooter. Yeah. Red Dead Redemption 2 on the PC, number three. Yeah, no, that's not... I mean, you have a gun, once again, but it's RPG. (laughs) Number four, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. Dark Souls kind of RPG. <laughs> Number five, Final Fantasy fourteen Shadowbringers. Uh RPG. I mean this is getting old, but yeah, RPG. <laughs> Number six, Dragon Quest eleven S Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition, your favorite game. This game can die in a fire. <laughs> <laughs> Number <Just> seven, <laughs> Near Automa. Oh, uh, yeah, no, um, RPG, so. Number eight, Monster Hunter World. Monster Hunter World, right? Yes. Yeah, I heard that was a good game, good RPG game. <laughs> Number nine, Tetris Effect. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's a Tetris game. <laughs> well, you mean Tetris 99, or is it just like... No, it's Tetris Effect, came out on the PC and on oh, PlayStation okay. 4. Interesting. Uh, number 10, let's just go over Disco Elysium. I have heard that game recently has been getting a lot of good talk about it. I actually don't know what it is. I'm guessing it's an RPG, though. I mean, if we're... Yes, it's not a first-person shooter. And just to go down the list, Ori and the Blind Force at 11, Asgard's Wrath at 12. I don't know what F1 is, but it's a sports game. Is it a... Oh, okay. 
Fire Emblem, uh, or no, Devil May Cry at uh, 14, Fire Emblem at 15, Slate of Fire, 16, Apex Legends at 17. Whoop, we found a first-person shooter at 17. If I'm being honest, though, I'm surprised it wasn't Fortnite at 17. That's interesting. I mean, I don't think Fortnite should be above Apex Legends, but I'm just surprised. I'll just say. Well, I think this is for 2019, so these are all games that came out in 2019. Right. Okay. Yeah, you're right. So, so not like all time, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I actually know it's 18 because Super Mario. No, no, no. Sorry, Super Mario Maker's right under uh, Apex. So, which I disagree with, but that's for another day. <laughs> so, Mr. Kojima, I, 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 I sympathize on this level. Kojima really went for something new here. That's been obvious. The reviews even said it that it's. It's not like anything else. It's its own thing, right? Um, the fact that it got harsher reviews in the USA and, and nowhere else, I get why he then wants to attack us. So I sympathize on these levels, but here's where I don't sympathize on. Who the hell knew what this game was going to be until two days before it released? Like who? No We one. didn't know <laughs> until these, you know, until these... Uh, reviews started coming out that we were like oh wait a second maybe this is not all that we anticipated it to be right and the only comment that he's ever made that i can find in the months leading up to this game was this game might be a little divisive on people's opinions about it so you you kind of knew it but that's all you gave us you didn't say why you didn't say how you just said it might be a little divisive well it, it is and i don't think that's our fault and I don't think it's our fault that the reviews got what they did because we didn't know what we were coming into this game as. They reviewed it as a video game and not a half video game, half cinema. If that was a little clearer up front, maybe we'd have a different results. So I appreciate Mr. Kojima for trying something new. Um, I appreciate the effort that went into Death Stranding. It looks like a beautiful game. Uh, you know, it has a A+. Plus voice actor list um there's a lot of great things to say about it yeah but if we are reviewing it as a video game it based on fun and what we thought it was up front then i think the reviews are justified and i think that he just kind of has to live with that you know that's the price of trying something new maybe europe he specifically said france and italy you know was very nice to him on their reviews good i'm glad yeah Two very artistic places, you know. Right, that's exactly what um, I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, two very artistic places. I'm glad that they have more artistic sensibility than we do. Um, but to your point of we only care about first-person shooters, well, we just went through 17 games, and it took us the 17th one to find one. They're and what's funny is Met- Metacritic is the metadata of actual c- critics, so... His argument yeah. is like completely destroyed in that way because it's like, invalid. yeah, it's an invalid argument because even though, yes, maybe the popular American idea is that Americans like first person shooters, and that's true. But the if you're attacking the reviews, specifically critics who are reviewing it, um, the data doesn't back you up in any way, it makes your argument completely invalid. So <laughs> It's yeah. kind of funny that he went after the critics specifically. Yeah. Now, in sales, in actual sales, his argument may have 
uh, a point because currently Modern Warfare is already in the top 10 selling games of well, there you go. Yeah. 2019. Uh, so, I mean, when you look at that, you know, then yes, we have like four or five in the top 10 sales, but, you know, look Still. when you look at who also released them, they kind of have that yearly subscription of games that everyone just seems to buy into but oh yeah I think call of reviews, duty just sells like crazy it's yeah, how it is but <laughs> he's not he's not criticizing sales he's criticizing reviews so we're just going to stick with that on this right. argument and the fact that you say it is flying higher maybe i can see why you say that any artistic person was but now let's go back a little bit back in history running because you know kojima worked heavily with konami who made the uh metal gear uh, series, and this is not the first time that he has lashed out, specifically at the U.S. for how they view a game. Because apparently he has had multiple times where he has blamed people for not understanding his games enough, and why they've gotten mixed reviews on some of the Metal Gear games. Now, obviously, the Metal Gear Solid is is a revered franchise. I mean, we even though you and I may have personally not played it, we know what it is, and we know exactly you know, what kind right. of game it is, right? right. So, right. like, we know it's a great game, but he, or a great series, but with a very convoluted storyline at that, more convoluted than Kingdom Hearts, I would say, actually. But, you know, he's he's done it before. So I think he's a little salty. I think that there was a lot of uncertainty and confusion as to what was going on with this game. They had a lot of hype behind it. I mean, even I tagged you in something yesterday where Rick and Morty had a little Death Stranding bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they were kind of making fun of it. <laughs> yeah, so I I think it's all justified. I think it's justified. I think he kind of has to swallow that. That's the price of trying something new. And you didn't set us up for, for it the way that I, I think should have been fair. So that's just yeah. kind of my overall take on it. Yeah, I think that the good reviews I've seen about it have kind of taken the route of like, you know, this game isn't a traditional video game. It's a art installation, you know, like it's it's a it's cinematic, and the score is masterfully put together. Some of the music uh, choices that they made are are very well done, and you know, it builds this world and. Uh, in generally gives you a sense of confusion, but it's not a fun game to play. You know, like when it comes down to video games, like it has to be fun. I'm sure some people find some of the fun there is to have in it. I'm not saying it's not fun at all. I haven't played it, so I can't fully say that, but based on the reviews I've seen is that the appreciation people have for it is is more of a like, you know, I appreciate what it's trying to do, but it's not like you're going to sit and play hours and hours and hours of it and like replay it. You know, it's, it's doesn't have the fun factor of like playing a video game. You're just discovering a story and in a very cinematic and masterfully put together art installation. So, you know, and like you, I mean, I agree with you. Like I can appreciate that. Like that's new and interesting, but whenever you, try that new interesting thing uh you gotta you gotta you gotta go into it accepting that it's going to ruffle some feathers people aren't gonna like it and you know maybe he was saying that when he said it was gonna be divisive but when i hear that before the game even came out him saying that you know that just comes from a defensive standpoint as in like 
he was ready to say, oh, no, you guys are just wrong. I'm the one that's smart in this one. Right. And, and even the top comment, like the highest review of this game said, this is a masterpiece. It is not a fun game. It is a masterful experience. Right. So it's, that, it's an experience. And all the top reviews that gave it that said basically the same thing, that it's an experience. And I think what really, for me, because you know that I was super excited for this game, and obviously that's been very tempered over the last week, right? Right, right. I think what really bothered me was, and I've said this multiple times, so I won't really go into it, I think Horizon Zero Dawn is the most well-balanced game ever made in history. I won't be so biased to say it's the greatest game in history, though I think there is an argument for that. I think when you look at story, gameplay, graphics, physics, everything, I think Horizon Zero Dawn across the board is the best. Just me. I could be wrong on that. And I think what I was looking at was they were using the same engine and Guerrilla Games had a part in helping uh, Kojima make this. And so I was thinking that they were going that this was going to have a combative experience that is very abnormal to what normal video games does, like Horizon Zero Dawn, because there's not a combat system like that. So right. I think when you found out that, like, no, there's really not much combat at all, that like only like five to ten percent of the game has actual action. I think that to me was really disappointing because I know what this engine is capable of, and I know what Guerrilla Games is capable of, and I'm not blaming them for this because Kojima is obviously going to do things Kojima's way. I just think that they were in the crossfires of of whatever contract this was. Right. So that's not Guerrilla Games' fault. To me, I just felt like that with that engine and with the makers of that engine behind this that this was going to have something special super special gameplay wise and i just think that didn't happen and no one prepared us for that to not happen not enough at least and so i think that you know the rev- this is the results that you get and you know it yeah. sucks because you know it looked great but it is what it is so sorry yeah Ko- kojima just has to roll with the punches here Google Stadia launches November 19th for those who bought the Founders Edition. And it comes written with the following games. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Red Dead 2, Mortal Kombat 11, Destiny 2, the Tomb Raider series, and a few more. Renan, is this kind of disappointing <laughs> for those who paid for the early access? Because none of these games seem new or exclusive to me. Right. Um, yeah, I think this lineup is try is Google trying to show off the different parts of Stadia that work. So remember, they were kind of like going on and on about the latency being so improved and how like you know online can feel really seamless and fast, even though that there is a latency with the streaming aspect. Um, Mortal Kombat. Obviously, I think they threw that in there to show off some of the fighting games and, like, you know, the impressive latency that they have. And yet, they're also trying to throw in games like Red Dead that are notoriously 
hard to run. And so load times will be fast. And, you know, if you got the founders edition, that obviously gives you the 4k at 60 FPS and red dead at 4k is, I mean, that would look incredible, you know? So, um, I just think that, you know, they're getting this lineup ready to show off Sadia's strong points. Now, if we, to see if Sadia actually has these strong points and performs the way they're saying it is, you know, we'll see about that. Um, but I, I mean, to be honest, Red Dead, Red Dead Two really kind of brings home this list for me because, well, first I've been wanting to play it, so I'm a little biased. But also, like, being that Stadia is playable on you know Chromecast in any Chrome browser, I mean, that's basically saying you have Red Dead Redemption Two on PC. And that's like just now released, you know, that's the newest one. If you consider like what it is, I mean, Red Dead 2 obviously came out like a year ago, but Red Dead 2 on PC through, through the outlet of Stadia, um, that's a pretty exciting, so that's a pretty exciting for someone who wants to try it out, especially if someone's wanting to try it out, maybe play through Red Dead and then just cancel, you know, like if I know Stadia does, Google doesn't want that, but it you know it is compelling at least for people who are wanting to buy Red Dead on on PC, and and I'm focusing on Red Dead with most because also notoriously there are certain games that on PC are extremely hard to run, and you know there's like a few that are highlights like Crisis Three like that was one for years that was like so hard to run then it was like just do it I don't know how to say it Desex Mankind whatever it's called. That was another one that was like notoriously hard to run. And Red Dead is the new one of those. Like Red Dead is extremely hard to run on PC. So, you know, opening a Chrome browser and, you know, Google's data centers are running it for you with like super high-end equipment that they're just streaming to your device. I mean, that's pretty exciting to see. And most of these are, you know, RPGs that don't really benefit from low latency. Like, you know, obviously if there's latency in a fighting game, you'll see it, but in a RPG, maybe not so much. And right. you'll get the fast load times through the internet and all that for, for the RPGs. So I think it's a strong lineup. If I'm honest, uh, maybe not the exciting lineup, but strong. I, I kind of differ because I feel like there's two sides to this. Whereas I would have liked to have seen something new, because Google has shown us all this technology that they're showing off. Like I'm still impressed by the by the, you know, the the like little graphics thing where they show like, oh, you we could do things into like a Van Gogh, you know. Oh yeah, that skin was cool. and such like, like shading. That. Yeah, and then the whole you know, oh, we have extra multiplayer experiences, you know, that you could only do on Google Stadia. I needed to see that. I needed to see that from people who were able to get in here. I can understand them not putting out an exclusive as well because, you know, this is the Founders Edition. They need something to, you know, be exciting for when it releases fully to the public. But, you know, when the Switch came out, Renan, obviously we had Zelda Breath of the Wild. But we also had little fun games that people were interested in, like Snipperclips. You know, yeah. And Snipper Clips did super well. Still does very well, actually. I love Snipper Clips. I I bought it and and I play it with people when I can. What was that? What was, sorry, what was that game that was like a sixty dollar Wii Sports? They also had. 
Uh, oh, one the, two uh, switch. One two switch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Sorry, that I was... just right brought to mind. It was like, here's Wii Sports, but you have to pay a full game price for it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't come with a switch. Yes, yeah, I question that one still, but you know, yeah. either way, I would have liked them to do that. Give us something like a little fun thing. Doesn't have to be a little exclusive or maybe a timed exclusivity. Like, let me see something, you know, because we could see the timing of this and that's great. And it's all internet based. Some people may have faster internet than the other. So, you know, it'd be nice to see, you know, latency and other things like that. But show me what you really got because we buy consoles for games, we buy subscriptions for the games, you know, At the end of the day. You got to bring the games and you got to have something to separate you from. That's and fair. with how much backlash that they have had, unfortunately, and for some good reason, they, no one's looking at this for the games. You know, they're, they're, they're keeping an eye on this because of the technology and they're not sold on it yet. So if you're not bringing the games, then with this technology, then you're not bringing it at all. To the masses. Yeah, Google's think, not selling it to us as much I as they think probably the pop- could be. Yeah, I think the popular opinion is no one's really all that interested in it. And so I'm really starting to wonder if they if they pull the trigger too early here. Because originally when we were talking about this when it all got first announced, we were like, oh, we felt like Xbox got rushed to announce theirs because, you know, Google really beat them to the punch. But to me, it seems like y'all weren't as ready as y'all may have should been were Thought how were, much yeah. y'all showed off at your first showcase and it was all this ooh and ah so well that brings know. up that brings up a good point that you know what if this is just google showing you know showing the flaws of that it's you know it hasn't historically been a company that was focused in the video game industry like you know it doesn't it doesn't operate the same way like you know all these consoles have been released they you know they always have the console day one buys like the day one launch games like halo 2 on the 360 or like you said breath of the wild and mario odyssey on the switch like you know google just doesn't have the wherewithal and the experience to know that like that's a staple and you know they think maybe the technology will you know carry them that popularity and that like actually selling but like you know maybe it's just showing their ignorance and like not having the experience of being in the industry and between between not doing the launch day one titles and also like what you're saying um offering like i don't know more meaty games or like an exclusive like you know you know they they actually got baldur's gate to be i believe an exclusive on their platform and you know, you see that, and you're like, "This should be the day one launch." Uh, Times exclusivity, I believe it's not. Baldur's Gate will be coming on other platforms, right? But they like it was big. It was Google. That was a get for Google, you know, because they they should they, add. They their... were the first to announce it. Yeah, right. It was a big get for them, and you know, between that and the fact that they are, um, you know, coming out of the gate first and beating Xbox to the punch is also maybe a mistake of like them not knowing how to work within this industry because Xbox is like, wait, no, we're not going to do this yet because we know the technology is not quite there yet. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a good point to, you know, remember, I guess looking at this as someone who is potentially thinking about buying into Stadia, 
you know, just looking at it and pragmatically thinking like, you know, Google isn't a game company. Like they haven't traditionally been that. And, you know, their technology is impressive. What they've showed off is impressive, but, you know, we haven't seen it in action. So, you know, it's hard to buy in. And I think a lot of people are looking at those and seeing the holes and in their argument on like why they're trying to sell us, sell them, sell themselves to us. But I think I think the big issue is is that Google is not short on money. This is not a financial issue. They can pull off whatever the heck they want to pull off if they want to, right? And they snagged so many big names. Like just look at the decline of excitement that happened from that from after the first showcase, right? Because before the first showcase, we talked about well, they were the first ones to announce this, and then they announced all this technology, and then they promised that they were going to hold up to it, and then they came out in the you know then two days before their first showcase, they they snagged all these big names from Sony and Microsoft, and you know who had big roles in each of them, and then you know the showcase stars said Ubisoft is sitting at the front row and they're smiling and EA is there and all these people. And they're saying that we're going to do this for the people. And even Matt pack comes out and we have this whole thing of like, you know, we're partnered with YouTube and we have this and we have that and we have these shaders and we have this experience. And it's like, none of that has that been showcased since none of it. We have not seen one thing since then. And they have not showed us one Thing new since then so it's like they showed all these cards up front and they have not played the cards yet and it's like that's a huge that's the issue with me because it's like why would you pay extra for the founders edition because it really looks like you're the testers you know to showcase to the world that hey we'll be fine and maybe we'll play these cards later and that's yeah. just where I I just like you should have had something like a snipper clips that Nintendo had like you should have had something that like exclusive something that was yours to you. that you could own and say look this is a good experience like yeah, exclusive you, to you for buying into this founders pack outside of the hardware like I guess you got a controller a cool controller and a Chromecast a, or something yeah, yeah. A, an extra fast Chromecast okay cool. But like, where's the where's the meat and potatoes of all the things that you right. originally said were coming? And that's just where I think that they put jump. They may have jumped the gun. I think that's where you know financials. Like, I have an issue with it because, like, again, they don't have issues with financials. I don't think Google's broke. I don't think they're struggling. That's just a guess. I could be wrong, but yeah, I don't but they're think still wanting to make money. I mean, this is a this is a. You know, a capital venture. They know that. Like, Google knows business, right? Unfortunately, they've started a lot of projects and never finished them. This is one of the ones they've gone more through with it. But it's like, in this day and age, where, like, Sony has their hands in a lot of things. Microsoft has their hands in a lot of things. Amazon has gotten their hands in a lot of things. Apple has gotten their hands in a lot of things. It's like Google is one of these main companies that is up there, even higher than some of the names that I just mentioned, if not the highest. And they just can't seem to ever pull it off. And that's just a huge disappointment because we said when this all first got announced that if anyone was going to do it, had the backbone to do it and the power, it was going to be Google. And Google is just like not come up to the standards that I feel like Google should have. 
And that's yeah. where I just I'm just disappointed by it because I felt like this should have been the revolutionary turn and they could have set they could have set the standards. Now, I still think XCloud has a lot of great things for it coming up and I think that Microsoft should really look at this and and take notes because I I do believe that this will all work itself out someday. I just feel like Google did not start off right. Yeah. And, you know, all that said, I agree with what you're saying and that I have my, I'm definitely skeptical, but I will say, you know, maybe this is one of the situations where, similar to Apex, where, you know, we don't really have a lot of faith in it. You know, Apex, we haven't even heard of it when it came out and then, bam, all of a sudden a bunch of people have it and it's, you know, they're letting the content or in this scenario, the technology speak for itself. You know, maybe they're playing that game. I doubt it, but I'm also wanting to give them the benefit of the doubt because they're doing something that, in a vacuum, if it works, would advance the industry drastically. And I am, you know, I commend them for that. And I think that, you know, as much as I do have my doubts, um, I want it to work because I think having new ways to play the game on the go and stuff like that is always a good thing. So, you know, as much as I, uh, you know don't think this is a good plan what they've kind of gone with like not having an exclusive not selling a specific game that they know works on their platform you know Mm -hmm. i uh think that that is an issue um you know i want to give them the benefit of the doubt maybe uh the technology does speak for itself but um i guess maybe it maybe it does and i i you know, I, I think it's internet-based, right? Because people will have faster speeds than others. At the end of the day, we got to see what the th- what the real threshold is, right? And that'll all be good. But I, I think, too, it's like I want I want a real competition between Stadia and xCloud. And not just for the sense of competition purposes. I think for the sense of, like, for the good of the future of whatever this service will bring, you know? Right. It's like Microsoft has seemingly... In recent year, I guess, has been saying that they're step they're going to step up to the plate and start batting against everyone else. Now, I still think they're kind of dragging the bat in the ground to the plate in some aspects, but they seem to be trying to really do something different while like not fully stepping on toes of others. Because you and I agreed a few episodes ago that like they're not going to be the powerhouse game maker they used to be, but they'll have a service. And they can they can really do something with it. And I want Microsoft to be pushed because I think that would be better for all gamers. Because um, that's just what competition does. But again, I, I think, yeah, the technology you know may speak for itself and that's all great. But I think that if they truly want to sell this when it fully opens up, they got to show an experience that you can't get anywhere else. Because faster loading times and, and such like that I don't think is enough. To the to the hardcore gamers, at least. Yeah, especially because this is primarily going to be played on PC. I think there is a expectation um, that it be as flawless as they're claiming. So yeah. um, that way you can buy a crappy laptop without a graphics card in it and still play those games the way that they are claiming you can. You know, so. Hopefully that's yeah. how it goes. But with that said, that has been another episode of the Player 5 podcast. Um, you know, let us know what you think. Uh, we are 
on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, we are at Player5Pod. And Instagram, we are at Player5 underscore podcast. Follow us and tweet at us. Let us know what you think. If you have a topic you want us to talk about, definitely um, mention us. And we will definitely talk about it. I mean, at least consider it. Yeah, we um, Yeah, we've done it a few times. And, um, you know, uh, let us know. Uh, also, yeah, rate and review the show. Like I said at the top, uh, we really appreciate that. But um, I guess that's all we got for you this week. I mean, I'm yeah. sure we'll probably have a little bit more to talk about, maybe from this Xbox Con uh, coming up tomorrow. But um, I guess we'll find out. I hear all that uh, on the next week. I hear Flight Simulator people have something special to announce, and I know no one cares about that but me. But I'm excited for that. I'm just going to be disappointed if uh, they up and be like, all right, uh, Mastery Collection on PC tomorrow. And You'll be disappointed? You know, uh, I'll, I'll be disappointed that we couldn't cover it, but I'll be uh, hyped personally. Okay. I, was to, <laughs> I was so confused for a second. Just, like, just, just so you know, if there's any MCC news tomorrow uh, as of recording when you hear this episode, so uh, just expect us to go crazy next week. And we shall see you <laughs> next week. Thank <laughs> you.